friends, and welcome back to another episode of Crime and Curiosities. This is episode number four, and a long-awaited episode because it was originally supposed to be the first episode of the podcast, um, but I decided to start with a case that I was more familiar with and just something a little different. So I started with the Kimberly McAndrew case, and today we're going to talk about uh, the case that started it all for me, which is the Granger-Taylor or the Spaceman case. So a little bit of background here. I watched a documentary on YouTube. It just showed up on my suggested page, which was produced by uh, CBC about Granger Taylor, who disappeared in the 80s and was never seen or heard from again under some super mysterious circumstances that we'll talk about later. And that made me want to start a podcast because I wanted to share stories of things that interested me with other people. So here we are, and we're going to learn about Granger's case today. So, uh, full disclosure, this documentary featured a journalist by the name of Tyler Hooper, who I did speak to. He actually contacted me via Twitter when I spoke about this being my first episode, and originally he was supposed to be a part of the podcast. We unfortunately just couldn't make times and schedules work, but I do suggest that you check out his Vice article and the documentary about the Granger-Taylor case, which were both major sources for this episode for me, Um, and I will link them on the Facebook page because just like super fascinating and Tyler's really well-spoken and really interested in this case, so he has done a lot of research and spoke a lot about it. So without further ado, let's get into this. On the 28th of November, 1980, a storm hit Duncan, British Columbia, and Granger Taylor disappeared without a trace at the age of 32, leaving no clue to his whereabouts besides a note that he tacked to his parents' bedroom door, which read the following. Dear mother and father, I have gone away to walk aboard an alien spaceship, as reoccurring dreams assured a 42-month interstellar voyage to explore the vast universe, then return. I am leaving behind all my possessions to you, as I will no longer require the use of any. Please use the instructions in my will as a guide to help. Love, Granger. That's right. Granger said that he had gone on an interstellar voyage and that he would return in 42 months, which is three and a half years. And although this may seem strange at first, when I tell you more about Granger, this possibility that he really did leave for a journey through the galaxy may not seem so far-fetched. So, as I mentioned, uh, I've surprisingly only recently heard about the Granger-Taylor case, which was kind of shocking to me since I love a good mystery and it's a Canadian case, and um, I'm a true crime and mystery kind of junkie, so I was kind of mind-boggled that I hadn't heard of this before. Uh, Like I said, I ended up watching the documentary titled Spaceman, which was relatively new and was released by uh, the CBC, which is a Canadian broadcaster earlier this year. It's an excellent watch, I definitely recommend it, and it features interviews with Granger's siblings and close friends and was an excellent source when researching and writing this episode. When I had finished the documentary, I had so many thoughts, so many questions, and I was completely fascinated not only by Granger's disappearance, but just by Granger himself in general, and I knew I wanted to know more and that I wanted to share Granger's story. Hence, the beginning of Crime and Curiosities. In order to truly get into this story, I think it's important to know about who Granger Taylor was before the night of November 28th, 1980, because his life before he mysteriously vanished is almost as intriguing as the disappearance itself. 
Granger Orman Taylor was born on October 7, 1948, on Victoria Island in British Columbia, which is on the west coast of Canada, for anyone who is not Canadian and listening to this. As a young child, Granger's biological father unfortunately drowned in a tragic accident. We can assume that this would have had a great impact on young Granger and his mental health, a topic which we will discuss later. Granger's mother, Grace, remarried a man named Jim Taylor, and together they raised a blended family of children, which included Granger. Friends and family described Granger as a shy man, quiet and eccentric, in stark contrast to his physical appearance. He was a large frame, stocky, and physically imposing man, and he was a bit of a mechanical genius. Granger was extremely intelligent and fascinated by machines, and although he left school around the eighth grade, that in no way reflects upon Granger's intelligence or capabilities. After leaving school, and still only a mid-teen, Granger had restored a one-cylinder car and rebuilt a bulldozer, which he used to help neighbors with projects. He seemed to have the ability to fix anything, which Tyler mentions in his Vice article. Granger and his machines were also quite the attraction for local youth, and Granger was known to take some of these children under his wing. Granger would go on to restore a locomotive, which was later purchased by the BC government, and a Kitty Hawk airplane, which was purchased for $20,000, quite a sum of money even by today's standards. But Granger simply used this money to fund further projects and didn't really spend in excess. When Granger had completely mastered machinery and mechanics, he set his sights on flight and even earned his pilot's license. But eventually, Granger became obsessed with UFOs and space travel. Perhaps not surprisingly, Duncan, BC was a hub for UFO sightings in the 70s and 80s, and this may have piqued Granger's interest in UFOs and extraterrestrials. Another factor for his interest may have been the popularity of UFOs and aliens at the time, and I'd like to think that that probably inspired Granger's already curious mind. Granger began to study UFOs and space travel, and even built a replica UFO in his backyard, where he would spend a lot of his time. It gave him a quiet place to expand his knowledge and delve deeper into his studies of the universe. Granger began to talk to his friends about his research and was known to be quite willing to share his thoughts on his newfound interest with anyone who was willing to listen. Of course, a lot of people probably thought that Granger was crazy, but people did go along with him, especially in a small town like Duncan. Granger told his friend Bob Nielsen that he had been contacted telepathically by aliens, and in November of 1980, just one month before Granger's disappearance, he told his friend that he had been invited on an extraterrestrial journey. Granger believed he had been chosen, and as a bit of an eccentric who had difficulty socially, according to his brother, it must have been very exciting for Granger to feel like he truly belonged somewhere. It has been noted that perhaps the thought of alien communication and space travel gave Granger a sense of a bigger purpose, and his eccentricities and social difficulties wouldn't be as much of a problem beyond this earth, and certainly beyond a small, rural, working-class town. We've all wanted to feel like we belonged before, right? And maybe that's what's so fascinated Granger about these otherworldly beings and the possibility of leaving this earth, if only for a short period of time. Now that we know a little more about Granger, let's talk about the night he disappeared and a few of the events that led to Granger's mysterious disappearance. As I mentioned before, November 28th of 1980 was a stormy night in Duncan, BC, with some news outlets calling the heavy rain and high winds that hit Duncan that night the storm of the century. Granger headed out to Bob's Grill, which was one of his favorite places to visit in Duncan. 
and told the people there that he was leaving that night. He had come to say his goodbyes. By all accounts, Granger was dismissed by those at the small town restaurant, and most people just chalked what he was saying up to Granger being Granger. I want to add a few points of interest in here before we continue with Granger's story, because although they seem like minor details, I think they're important and they only add to the mystery of Granger Taylor's disappearance. A few months prior to his disappearance, Granger told friends that he had been communicating with aliens, and his neighbor, Helen Degraff, remarks that Granger felt he had been chosen, and also that that prospect seemed to make Granger really happy. So as I mentioned before, I kind of wonder if the, the thought of being beyond this world or being chosen by the aliens made Granger feel special, where otherwise he felt kind of ostracized and alone. Helen claims that she and her husband heard an explosion the night that Granger disappeared and that her husband had remarked simply, there goes Granger. In June of that year, Granger replaced the words death in funeral in his will with the word departure. Granger was preparing, it seemed. It's also worth noting that Granger told his friend Robert Keller that the aliens would take him on a rainy night, just like the night that he disappeared, so as not to alert the locals. Bob's Grill was the last place Granger is confirmed to have been seen. He left in his Datsun truck, heading towards Mount Provo and Satellite Road. The next morning, his parents found the now infamous note I read to you earlier on his bedroom door, and the search for Granger began. Nothing was found, not until 1986, when a blast site and the remnants of a Datsun truck matching the description of Granger's were discovered on a remote logging road not far from his parents' home. Also discovered at the site were some bone fragments, which the coroner ruled were consistent with human bones. DNA was a brand new science at the time, and those bones were never tested. Interestingly, no one knows where those bones are now, so it's not like we can test them again. Dynamite remnants were also discovered at the blast site, an explosive that Granger was familiar with and known to use. The same year that the blast site was found, Granger's parents, Jim and Grace, had Granger declared dead by the Supreme Court. This may seem like the end of the story, but to me, it isn't. It can't be completely confirmed that it was Granger found at the blast site. And although it's probable that it was, we still don't know exactly how or why Granger ended up there. And this is where I want to talk about some theories of what happened to Granger. As you can imagine, when you're dealing with a man who had recently built a replica UFO in his backyard and then vanished, there are a lot of varied theories about what might have happened including some that are more tame and some that are a little more far-fetched. But as we've learned from Granger, nothing is truly too far-fetched to believe. I mean, the guy built a car at 14 and restored a locomotive. Aliens or not, Granger Taylor is fascinating. As I've mentioned, there are quite a few theories about what happened to Granger. And as you can imagine with a situation like this, some of those theories can be pretty out there. But then again, Granger might be out there somewhere too. One of the first and perhaps more logical theories, maybe, is that Granger committed suicide. Now, that's not something we like to think about anyone doing, and I'm sure this possibility is very difficult for his family, but it has been brought up as a possibility, nonetheless. Granger was, after all, what some might consider a little bit different, especially during those times. And even in current times, people struggle to accept those who don't fit into societal norms. So I can't imagine how Granger must have struggled in the 60s and 70s growing up in a rural Canadian industrial town. Times were very different back then. Granger was extremely intelligent, but he was also a guy who built a spaceship in his backyard and told people he was going to space. He was a weird guy, we can admit that, 
and maybe he just got tired of not fitting in. He did have experience with explosives, and perhaps chose the cover of a rainy night to drive away in his Datsun and take his own life. While it's possible, why would Granger say he would be returning in his note? And why did he use the alien narrative? Was that simply some sort of cover? A last-ditch effort to comfort his parents and family? I'll agree that this seems like one of the more logical explanations, but to me it's also the one that is the hardest for me to wrap my head around. After reading about this case, I just don't think Granger would commit suicide. He was such an intelligent man with so much to give, and maybe that's what makes the possibility extra difficult to process. A few more theories sort of tie into this one, all with Granger driving to Mount Provo in his Datsun, but each with a slightly different reason for that drive. Granger's sister Grace, speaking in the CBC documentary, said that she believed Granger was doing LSD in the months before his disappearance. That leads me, and many others, to wonder if Granger hallucinated some of these things, including the contact with aliens. Did he imagine them calling him up to Mount Provo on that rainy night? What happened once he was there? Was there an accident with the dynamite? Or, perhaps, in a delusion, he intentionally used it in an effort to blast himself into space. Or, maybe Granger truly believed that this was the way he would get to space. Once again, I'm not quite sure if I believe this theory either. Granger knew what he was doing with dynamite and explosives, and I'm not sure he would use the dynamite to blast himself off, or even have some sort of accident with it. But, as anyone who has had any sort of experience with drugs, whether with themselves or family members, drugs, even in small proportions and not used properly, can have terrible and life-altering effects for people. So, perhaps in the months before Granger's disappearance, he had been using LSD, and it had definitely life-altering effect on him. There's a few other theories that I'm going to mention, but not go into a ton of detail with because there simply isn't a lot of details to discuss. They also felt like they were worth mentioning as I saw them floating around during my research. One theory that was brought up and I thought was pretty interesting was that Granger was kidnapped, whether because of his genius or for another unknown reason. And feeding off of that same idea, is it possible that due to his intelligence, Granger was recruited into some secret society? Another theory I came across was that perhaps while up on the mountain during the storm, Granger became lost or fell into a sinkhole due to the torrential rain of the storm that night. Once again, I'm not sure I believe any of these theories, although I am intrigued by the possibility that Granger was recruited to a secret society and the truck blast was simply a cover-up. It's oddly comforting to think that Granger is out there putting his intelligence to use, but I just don't think he would willingly leave his family and friends, unless it was for one of the reasons previously discussed. I've also read some suggestions that Granger simply left and started a new life, and once again, the truck blast was a cover-up. But, once again, this just doesn't seem like something Granger would do, and it seems like an awful lot of work to go through in order to start over. Granger was intelligent and extremely mechanically skilled, so surely if he wanted to start over somewhere, he could simply just leave his hometown and seek employment in a new city, a new province, even a new country if he wanted to. Now we come to the last theory that I'll discuss, which I'm sure you've all been waiting for. What if Granger really was taken by aliens? Honestly, this theory could be an episode on its own. I could have people come in and discuss whether they believe in aliens or not, and whether they think it's possible that Granger was really taken. Now, obviously, if you don't believe in UFOs or aliens, this theory is not going to be for you. And I can't say for sure whether I truly believe or not. But just hear me out, okay? Something Granger's childhood friend Darren Mann said in the CBC documentary kind of made me stop and think for a minute. He basically said that if you were an extraterrestrial and looking to Earth for a human to take, 
Wouldn't Granger be the person that you took? Granger was intelligent, mechanically inclined, and most importantly, had a real and deep interest in UFOs, space travel, and extraterrestrials. He seems like the perfect candidate to me. I mean, if I was an alien, that's the guy I would want on my side. He did alter his will to include his departure, and there are those amongst Granger's family and friends, even residents of Duncan, who believe this is what happened to Granger. Now, I do want to mention that I think that the alien narrative, um, if you don't believe that that's what happened to him, I think that a lot of people might not actually believe it, but it's comforting to them to think that that's what happened to Granger, because that's something that would mean he's very happy. As I mentioned before, the particular area of Duncan, BC was a hotspot for UFO sightings, and maybe on one of these trips back to Earth, extraterrestrial beings discovered Granger and made contact. But even if this is the theory you do believe, why hasn't Granger returned? And as he promised in the note, he left his parents. Did he feel so comfortable with his new life beyond this earth that he decided not to return? Or did these alien beings have malicious intent and Granger has been met with harm? Or perhaps, due to time dilation or some other mystery of the universe that we don't understand yet, Granger really will return someday, and we've simply just made a miscalculation on the timeline. I'm not sure what theory I truly believe. Although, each of them definitely have their merits, and as I mentioned, I think they bring um, some sort of comfort to those who knew Granger. It's hard to think of a person so amazing as Granger simply ending his life or meeting some other cruel demise. I'd like to believe that he's out there with aliens, exploring outer space, something that fascinated him and would definitely bring him joy, but I know that that's probably not the most likely explanation. So, unless he does truly return from his voyage someday, or we find some more evidence, it seems like we might never know what happened to Granger Taylor. And that, friends, brings us to the end of episode four. This one is a little bit shorter just because I had um, so thoroughly researched the case, so I was super able to just work my way through it. I'm trying to work with a bit of a script now just because I find it's easier to edit the episode in the end when I have a script to go off of. So hopefully we can find a little compromise there. Also, I'd just like to mention when I post the episodes, I do post on the Facebook page and I would love for people to head on over there and just join the discussion underneath the post about the episode. Tell me what you think happened to Granger. Um, suggest another case for me. Give me any sort of feedback you have. I want to interact. I want to learn. I want to do better. Hopefully start producing these episodes a little more regularly, although I'm not going to commit to a schedule. With that being said, episode five is already in the works and it's a doozy. It's definitely falling more on the curiosity side of this podcast and it, it's going to be a very dramatic story about betrayal and behind the scenes action and you're just going to have to wait and see what that one is about. But I promise that even if you think you're not going to like it, definitely give it a listen because even if you don't like the subject matter, it's just an all-around interesting story. So stay tuned for that one. Thanks again for listening, friends, and I'll see you again in the next episode.